0: You're listening to the Women's HealthCast, a podcast on issues and innovations in women's health from the University of Wisconsin-Madison Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology. I'm Jackie Askins. Hypertension, or chronic high blood pressure, affects nearly half of U.S. adults. On this episode of the Women's HealthCast, I talked to a research team in the UW Department of OBGYN who are leading studies on managing hypertension in young adults and treating chronic hypertension during pregnancy. Dr. Kara Hoppe is a Maternal Fetal Medicine Specialist in the UW Department of OBGYN and Principal Investigator on the MyHeart Study and the Chronic Hypertension in Pregnancy Study. Jamie LaMantia is Research Manager for the MyHeart Study. We talked about what causes hypertension, how it's often treated, and how people can participate in their ongoing research. I would like to thank Dr. Kara Hoppe and Jamie Lamentia, research manager on a hypertension study, for joining me today. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Thanks so much for having us. I, I invited you here because I want to learn a little bit more about high blood pressure, hypertension, and um, kind of what it can mean for different people who have it, and a couple really cool studies that are going on right now in our department and kind of at the broader UW to learn more about hypertension. So. I guess to start with what, I keep saying hypertension, what is that? What is high blood pressure?
1: That's actually a very good question. So in just speaking with um, individuals who may be affected with high blood pressure, hypertension, often people will say, I don't have hypertension, I have high blood pressure, Um, but they both somewhat go hand in hand. Um, To officially have hypertension, you need to have high blood pressure more than one time documented. Um, However, um, I think both Terms are used um, interchangeably often by people. Again, hypertension being a clinical diagnosis. So, blood pressure is actually the force of blood um, pushing against the walls of your blood vessels. And high blood pressure, again, also hypertension means that the pressure in your blood vessels stays higher than normal. How
0: how do I know if I have high blood pressure, or is there anything I can look for besides like, you know, getting out a cuff and kind of doing my own reading, Um,
1: are there any signs or symptoms that I might feel in my body? Again, an excellent kind of question, but the importance of this is really that most people don't feel anything when their blood pressure is high, and so it becomes a very unrecognized uh, medical condition. Um, Over time, hypertension actually damages your blood vessels, heart and kidneys even without warning signs or symptoms. And so we call it a silent killer, actually. And that's why it's important for everyone to have their blood pressure checked regularly, whether that's something they do at home or in their um, clinical office through routine medical care. How common is high blood pressure
0: in the US?
2: Well, it's actually a good question because it's a lot more common than people realize. Uh, Nearly half of United States adults have high blood pressure, and only about one in four have it under control. Um, Plus, about a third of adults with hypertension are completely unaware that they even have it.
0: Is it more common in men or women,
2: or do we have a sense of how common it is kind of in the gender split? Sure, sure. Um, Women are actually about as likely as men to develop high blood pressure at some point during their lives. The difference is that it tends to be more common in men until about age 65, and then at that point it becomes more common in women.
0: What about in younger people?
2: Um, Well, for young adults in the 18 to 39-year-old category, um, which is the age age range of our study, one in 13 has high blood pressure. Um, About one in four adults that are in the 20 to 44-year range have high blood pressure. But once treated, the control rate for young adults is much better, much higher than the rest of the population, than older and middle-aged adults.
0: Um, Do you see any other disparities in blood pressure control?
1: Yeah, that's really important question. So um, there's a lot of information coming out about racial inequities or disparities in um, medicine, and high blood pressure or hypertension actually follows that as well. And so African Americans are more likely than other races to actually have hypertension. In fact, the prevalence of hypertension in African American women's in the United States is among the highest in the world. Does that carry into pregnancy at all? Absolutely. So it's... Um, been documented from around 2000 to 2009 that the incidence of hypertension in pregnancy has gone up about 67 percent they likely are contributing that to increasing and increase in maternal age as well as um, obesity Um, and furthermore that trend is increasing in african-american women um, by far more than uh, white women So that opens up two
0: questions for me, which is both, um, and we can address them one at a time, but I guess to start with, what can cause high blood pressure for people?
1: So main risk factors um, for having high blood pressure include health conditions like diabetes, your lifestyle, um, things in your lifestyle like your diet, the amount of physical activity you have, tobacco and alcohol use. Um, as well as family history plays a big role in um, an individual's risk for hypertension. So one person may be very healthy and perceive themselves as low risk. However, the genetics they were given oftentimes overbeat you know, their healthy lifestyle, and they, they, they might have chronic hypertension. When someone finds out that they, they do have high blood pressure
0: or hypertension, um, what happens next? In general, what does management or treatment look like?
2: All right, so first and most importantly, it, you should be working with your healthcare provider to develop a plan to lower your blood pressure that works for you. Um, You can discuss treatment options with your healthcare team, um, but lifestyle choices can also help lower blood pressure as much as medication for some people. Um, And many adults do need the blood pressure medication in addition to healthy lifestyles, but continuing that healthy lifestyle even with medication can lower the amount that you might need now and in the future as well. Um, The DASH diet, which stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension, that's a highly recommended diet for individuals with high blood pressure. It's basically a diet that's very rich in fruits and vegetables, low-fat dairy, poultry, fish, beans, nuts, and whole grains, um, and obviously limits salt and sweets and sugary drinks, alcohol, and red meats. Um, A big thing is limiting your sodium, which is salt. Um, So you should have no more than 2,000 milligrams of sodium per day. A lot of people don't realize that that is just one teaspoon. Um, So a lot of sodium is already in in the foods that you buy. So you can quickly have more than you're supposed to without even knowing it if you're not looking at food labels. So food labels are important as well. Um, being overweight can increase, increase your risk of high blood pressure. So eating healthy portions and the right foods, exercise, all of these things can help you lose weight and can also help your blood pressure. Um, we do recommend at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic activity or 75 minutes of vigorous Um, And you should be doing strength training about two to three days a week as well. And a lot of people say they don't have time to work out. You can do these in 10 to 15 minute blocks throughout your day when you can fit it in. So you know, a short walk during your lunch hour, a short walk after work, those kinds of things will really help. Um, Smoking cigarettes obviously also immediately raises your blood pressure, and it can contribute to a lot of things like heart heart attacks, stroke, and cancer. So quitting smoking is one of the best decisions you can make for your health as, as a whole. If you're not a smoker, trying to avoid being around those that do smoke so that you're not being exposed to secondhand smoke damage. Because um, these can all affect many different things in your body aside from your blood pressure. Um, if you do drink alcohol, you should try to limit to moderate use. So one serving a day per women and one, two servings a day for men. A lot of people don't know what a serving size of alcohol is. So one serving is like a 12 ounce bottle of beer, a four ounce glass of wine, or one and a half ounces of 80 proof liquor. Uh, Lastly, stress is a huge contributor to high blood pressure. Obviously everyone has stress in their lives, family, stress, work, friends, other life challenges, other health conditions, um, but it can negatively affect the health of your body. So um, it's really important to learn different ways to deal with your stress. Things like meditation, yoga, exercise, keeping a diary, making sure you get enough sleep, or even just going for a walk or listening to music can all help lower your blood pressure and make you a healthier person overall.
0: I am curious, since we are in the department of OBGYN, um, I'd like to learn a little bit more about the intersection of um, hypertension, high blood pressure, and women's health. Um, Can it be dangerous for women or difficult for women in a different way than it is for men?
1: I guess the way I would um, focus that question would be more about pregnancy. And so um, women are obviously the ones that get pregnant and carry the pregnancy. And um, that has, um, you know, risks for both mom and baby at that point. Um, So in pregnancy, um, approximately 1 to 1.5% of pregnant women have chronic hypertension. It's actually the most common major medical condition that affects pregnancies. Um, It's very understudied. Um, We do know... That um, women who have chronic hypertension have um, an increased risk of adverse pregnancy outcomes, so approximately three to five fold increased risk of having superimposed preeclampsia, um, fetal or neonatal deaths, preterm birth, um, growth restriction problems for the baby. Also, there's about a five to ten increased risk of maternal cardiovascular and other complications like death, stroke, um, pulmonary embolus, etc. So um, it does play a major impact in pregnancy outcomes. Um, and again, furthermore, um, research that we participate in, but also other research efforts are needed to actually figure out how to optimally control and treat blood pressures in pregnancy to improve those outcomes for mom and babies. I feel like I have heard or learned that um,
0: having high blood pressure during pregnancy or can kind of increase
1: your lifetime cardiovascular disease risk then as well, is that the case? That's absolutely true, and so again, we don't really know how to best uh, ameliorate those risks, but I think one of the big problems is that You get care through about six weeks of your uh, postpartum period and so the persistence of elevated blood pressures or even development of chronic hypertension is a real thing that women again often feel well and they don't realize they're having um, hypertension and then again the long-term sequelae of that going unrecognized many women don't get a lot of care um, throughout their younger years um, and probably pick up their care more in the menopausal period, um, where it's probably too late to, to decrease those risk factors we could have maybe been helping prior. Um, it's thought that uh, the, the increased maternal cardiovascular mortality risk is about two to three-fold higher in women who had a pregnancy-related um, hypertension disorder um, long-term. So again, a lot of work needs to be done to really optimize those outcomes for women um, and improve their overall outcomes in life. I am curious um,
0: if someone goes into pregnancy knowing that they have uh, chronic hypertension or high blood pressure. Um, how does does that does that change your management at all? Does that is there anything special that you do to help those those people move through their pregnancy as healthy as possible?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Women who have a chronic medical condition in general, I'd recommend preconception care just to really optimize their uh, medical condition prior to be- becoming pregnant. So um, stepping into a pregnancy with controlled uh, hypertension would be, um, you know, of utmost priority. Also, we know that other organ problems can happen when women have chronic hypertension. So most more commonly, like um, they may spill protein from their kidneys or have um, other. Um, Problems again, most specifically in the kidneys. So, really establishing the baseline of their um, health. So, we would do some extra laboratory assessments again, liver enzymes, um, looking at kidney function, etc. Establishing um, again their baseline is important because we know that women who have chronic hypertension are at risk of developing preeclampsia. So. Preeclampsia is more thought of a pregnancy-specific high blood pressure problem that affects the organs, again, eyes, liver, kidney, brain. So when a woman gets pregnant, her blood pressure naturally drops. And if they have not had um, blood pressures tracked before pregnancy, which again is very common, we often will miss chronic hypertension because their blood pressures will actually be normal when they enter prenatal care. So again, that drop in blood pressures happen by seven weeks of pregnancy, and then they'll nadir about 16 to 18 weeks into the pregnancy, and then they'll start increasing in the third trimester, again, where preeclampsia starts to become a problem. So again, the the point of what I'm trying to make is establishing what a woman's baseline is, optimizing their care before pregnancy, um, allows us to make that proper diagnosis later in pregnancy because they're managed differently. So, treating, uh, treatment of chronic hypertension in pregnancy is um, controversial. So, ACOG and other uh, organizations don't support the treatment of mild chronic hypertension in pregnancy. Again, the, ri- the concern being that the risk of the baby may be impacted. So, fetal growth restriction problems historically is thought to be increased when you treat a mother's chronic hypertension. So, the jury's out at this point. Um, blood pressure's Uh, less than 160 over 110, again, more mild range blood pressures. Um, ACOG and other uh, organizations don't actually uh, recommend treatment of that until women have more severe range blood pressure problems. We are participating here in a um, national trial called CHAP, or chronic hypertension in pregnancy, was actually looking at treatment of that mild chronic hypertension, which is actually more in line with treatment of adult hypertension overall. Um, Again, looking at is uh, the, the benefit of the maternal fetal risk um, in treating that chronic hypertension throughout pregnancy. So more to come on that in the future. I wanted
0: to ask about the CHAP study, which thank you for the overview, that's very helpful. Um, and then another study that you're working on that recently kind of came into our department that helps younger people in general, um, both men and women, learn more about their high blood pressure. Um, Tell me a little bit about what happens in that study. What do people who choose to participate do?
2: So the My Heart Study is the study that um, I am currently the research manager of. My Heart stands for My Hypertension and Reaching Target. And we are currently enrolling um, participants at the UW Hospital here in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, Basically, participants have to... Uh, complete a phone screening where we ask them certain questions that determine their eligibility to come in for visits. If they are eligible for those visits, we schedule them typically on back-to-back days or as close as we can as possible. Um, During the first visit, the participants will go over and sign consent Um, We take their blood pressure several times and then we set them up with what's called a 24-hour ambulatory blood pressure monitor. This is considered the gold standard of blood pressure monitoring um, in that it lets us see what blood pressures are throughout a person's average day as opposed to just getting one or two readings in a clinic setting. Um, It's basically just a small device that they wear in a little pouch on their belt. Um, It connects to a cuff that they wear on their upper arm that takes their blood pressure every 20 minutes during the day and every 30 minutes at night. When they come back on that second day, um, we will run a report that will give us several different averages, and then those averages either will qualify or exclude them. If they um, enroll and qualify... Um, obviously they need to qualify to enroll. Um, We do take some height, weight, and waist circumference measurements, and then they do a series of surveys. Some that we ask questions, some they do on their own. There's one that they do on a laptop. And then they're asked to come back um, again in six months and 12 months from those initial two visits to do the same thing again. Wear the ambulatory monitor home, get height, weight, waist circumference measurements, answer surveys. Um, Typically visits are about one to one and a half hours. Uh, Each participant does get paid at the end of each visit. Um, And if they complete all six visits, they get $170 total. So some participants, about 50% of them, are, um, everyone's, well, everyone's randomly assigned into one or the other group uh, with a computer program. And so if they're in the control group, they just come in for visits. If they're in the intervention group, they come in for those visits, but we also ask them to take their blood pressure readings at home three times a week and that they meet with a health coach by phone every two weeks for that first six months. And during those calls, they work on lifestyle changes and report their blood pressures.
0: You talked a little bit about who can participate, but I'm wondering kind of what the what the criteria are. Who are you looking for to enroll in this study?
2: Absolutely, um, young adults. They have to be in the 18 to 39 year old age category um, are are eligible to participate. Um, we do ask that they either. Um, are currently a patient of UW Health or they have been seen by some doctor at UW Health. And then they also either need to have been diagnosed with hypertension or told that they've had some high blood pressure readings um, by someone on their healthcare team to participate. And then everybody has to go through that screening process in order to enroll.
0: At the end of this study, what are you trying to learn? I guess what's the big question that's driving my heart?
2: Sure, sure. Well, the whole purpose of the study is to understand if home blood pressure monitoring, along with lifestyle counseling over the phone, can be helpful in lowering blood pressure in the young adult age population compared to those not getting it. Um, So we're looking to see if there's changes in blood pressure from enrollment to that six-month period and those getting the counseling versus those not. And then seeing if that sustains over time in that second six months when the participants are no longer getting that coaching. And we're also interested in seeing um, if the home blood pressure monitoring is also helpful.
0: If people are interested in learning more about the study or seeing if they can participate, where can they go for more information?
2: Sure. Um, Anyone that's interested can either call or email the My Heart Team. So the My Heart Team line is 608-261-180. And the email is myheart at hip.wisc.edu. That's M-Y-H-E-A-R-T at H-I-P Also, anyone interested can also check up our, check out our website. Um, our website for the research study is myheartmychoice.org slash researchstudy. I will also make sure all that information is
0: in the show notes for this episode so people can look at our website and find those links very easily. Fantastic. Thank you. So Dr. Hoppe, you mentioned a chronic hypertension and pregnancy study that we're also kind of participating in in the
1: department. Um, Who are you looking for to participate in that? Thanks for asking. Um, so we're currently enrolling through the perinatal center, um, typically. Our research coordinator is Melissa Zernik, um, and you can actually reach her through a phone line 608-417-4218. Um, but we're routinely screening every woman that comes through the perinatal clinic as well as seen in other um, OB practices um, in Madison. Uh, We're looking for women who have known chronic hypertension defined as either on medications for chronic hypertension, um, or they have identified high blood pressures, meaning the systolic or high number being over 140, or the bottom or diastolic number being over 90, um, before 20 to 23 weeks of their pregnancy. So the classic definition in obstetrics is having hypertension before 20 weeks, but we know probably up till that 23 week period um, that women likely have chronic hypertension and not the preeclampsia we talked about. So again, we do make an exception of enrolling people up till about 23 weeks. Women with um, more comorbid uh, chronic hypertension like really long-term diabetes or underlying kidney disease or other major medical problems may not actually qualify for this study. So we're really looking for kind of uncomplicated women with, with low risk, mild chronic hypertension to participate in this study. Um, and again, we would love to have anyone. We enroll approximately one to two per month. It's pretty hard to find women who actually meet the strict criteria for enrollment, Um, but we're nationally um, getting close to our enrollment goals um, and hope to have results in 2021 so we can actually impact the way we care for women with chronic hypertension and make um, evidence-based decisions um, and management practice changes to get the most optimal outcomes for pregnant women. So, again, we encourage any woman with chronic hypertension to consider enrollment in the study. It's very safe and monitored very closely. It doesn't take more time than your typical prenatal care to participate. Again, also financially incentivized like uh, the My Heart Study. Um, but we won't be able to find out the answers we need and optimize the way we care for people without uh, women who want to participate. Again, for our listeners, I will make sure that... Um, Contact
0: information and more information about both of these studies is available in the show notes. I want to thank you again both so much for joining me. You can learn more about the My Heart and Chronic Hypertension in Pregnancy Studies going on at the University of Wisconsin-Madison right now by looking at show notes for this episode. The Women's Cast is a production of the UW-Madison Department of OBGYN. This episode was produced and engineered by Rob Garza. You can listen to the Women's Health cast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WISCOBGYN. Let us know how we're doing. Rate and review us in your podcast app, and let us know what women's health topics you'd like to learn about. Thanks for listening.